0: Hey, welcome in. It's Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Hank Morse with Bob Bell and Mike Lynch. We've got our special guest, Dan Shaughnessy, who is joining us as we speak. There oh, he is. You know what? Technologically sound, too, yeah, He's his a name lot. properly.
1: I'm glad to see Mike's in a sweatshirt. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You shouldn't. You have no e- reason to dress up for this.
1: no nah, that's what I figured. It's just, just, just like hanging out with you guys. We never got dressed up before. Why start now? Hank, what's with the jacket and tie? I have a new job. Oh, really? Every day,
0: Cabot Risk Strategies, up in Woburn, CabotRisk.com. Wow, do you know what you're doing? I'm the vice <laughs> president of communications. They're giving me a few months to figure it out.
1: <laughs> that's great. I like that. Very good. Hey, uh, who are we gonna see at the stockyard on Thursday? Well, uh, uh, I'm
3: a, I'm a maybe. My wife's okay. coming over okay. from Florida.
0: Oh, Hank, you'll definitely come. I'll pick you up. Hank, how about Thursday? You know, how about Thursday <laughs> when frost
1: sets on pumpkin? <laughs> You know, that came back in a big way with the uh, with the, the the balloon over this country there was the the hakawi the scene with the balloon. Remember from F Troop? Yeah, F Troop, the greatest. That was, was very, very prescient. It was good. Have you
0: talked to your pal Scott Wally, fellow F Trooper?
1: Uh, he sent me the balloon F troop highlight when the balloon was threatening our country. So it 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 did we Scott Wally and I communicated at that time. Well, Wild Eagle could probably have done a better job figuring out where it came <laughs> from. Well, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we we so, is, this, is this part of the show? Have we started the show? Oh, yeah. No. yeah.
2: So, look, we all know it came from MIT. Come on, Earth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and are there other people watching this live? Of course.
0: Oh, my yeah. God. What a thing. I mean, well, this is we've been on for an hour doing the show prep. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like stuff in order. Very good. And so we should tell you that, um, on Anchor Boston. The podcast available on unanchoredboston.com, but you're also brought to you by our best foods and our best meatballs, Cold Springs RV up in Ware, New Hampshire, W-E-A-R-E. That's right, Lynchy. Ware, New Hampshire, mm. coldspringsrv.com, and the great George Gray from Lexington Toyota, and we all drive automobiles that so we bought from George Gray. That's not an ex- exaggeration nuts, at all. Dude. Well, you know, this weekend I was down in New York City. Um, my wife and I went to go visit my daughter and her boyfriend, so we stayed in Brooklyn. And I, I just lost
3: you, Hank. All right, so we have to go without
1: Hank. Now, Hank's doing the Marcel Marcel thing now. Very oh, yes.
2: Good. Hey, hey,
3: hey. yes. Oh, were you you about ready to say something? What were we going to say?
1: I, I
2: can't be as important as what Hank was going to say. <laughs> you know, no way i was just going to say something stupid like the pitch clock something you know to get us get us going on that because of all the things that are going to influence our lives it'll be the pitch clock for at least another well i don't know for how long but i'm sure i'm sure we'll be able to figure it out
1: no i'm very bob i'm very to your point i'm very uh, encouraged by what we saw over the weekend that that, that the players are are accepting this and working with it and they'll get better at it. There was some glitches. You don't want a game ending like you saw on Saturday. Base started right. two outs, three, two count, but that's what preseason's for, man. And they're, they've embraced this thing. The games are shorter across the board, across the country. That's going to be a great thing for baseball. I'm Very enthused about this. So yeah, uh, I was
2: really, I'm really surprised as to how much of a difference it's made. And, uh, I got to give the people that came up with the idea credit because you got to kind of think ahead and extrapolate and figure out how this is going to affect that and how the batter and you know the catcher. But now I understand the catcher doesn't need to get into a crouch. The catcher just needs to stand in the box, right? Just little things like that. Where and I'm interested is where the clocks are going to be placed around Fenway Park. Uh, How you know how you know all these little things that have to be adjusted to.
1: Well, there's not much room for those clocks with all the advertising signage <laughs> here. I'm not sure they could find any, any bare patch where they could put anything anywhere.
2: Well, they have to sell them. That's the point. <laughs>
1: you
0: think Dennis Drinkwater could hold up the clock behind home plate? <laughs> there's an idea. <laughs> you know? Brought what, to you by Giant Glass, of course.
2: But seriously, Dan, where, I mean, where would you put them? I guess, I don't know. I, you know, these are... Uh, to me, interesting decisions. Yeah, make.
1: I mean, obviously the pitch is – it's got to be in the – it's like the 24-second clock. The the, you know, the offense has to be able to see that coming up the floor, and I think that that's, that's the, the spirit here, that the pitcher's got to be able to see it, but the batter's got to be able to see it too. So uh, they'll they'll figure it out. Just scrape, scrape away some advertising and find a place for it. They can do that. Yeah, well, it's kind of it, – it's probably it, it an advantage to pitcher because he,
3: he could probably see it from 80 feet away if it's behind the – behind home plate, but right. – the, the batter may not see it for 380 feet. Don't they make, got it, Mike.
1: They'll have to put it in the sight lines where the dugouts are, don't you think, like looking across like the on-deck circle or something. They just – they got to figure that out. I mean, again, greater minds than ours, but I, I think they'll solve that.
2: They'll put it in the ground right in front of the home plate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. they have room on those expanded bases.
2: Well, We don't understand – you know, that's a hard thing to quantify, the uh, – the result of the expanded bases as opposed to the pitch clock because you really don't, I guess, split seconds is the only way to quantify it, but to know the advantage of the bigger bases versus the smaller ones.
1: Well, it—it helps the offense. It's a shorter distance and, you know, it's a game of inches. So you pick up two and a half inches, whatever first to second, second to third, it's shorter. First to home. I mean, the bang bang plays, that's going to come up. Oh, it would have been, would have been safe, would have been out, the old days kind of thing. So I, I do think, you know, all of it's good for offense. When you, I mean, in my view, the pitcher can't be dialing around as much, can't mess with the hitter's timing as much. The shift helps the offense clearly taking that away and and making the base pass marginally, incrementally shorter. Those things are all good for offense, which I think people are in favor of. Offense, it's not just home runs. Hey, I was just reading Max Scherzer loves the pitch clock.
0: He said, "This gives the pitcher all kinds of control because the batter can only step out once per at bat."
1: Right. It's it's it. You know, it main thing is it's good for us, the fans. It's, it's good for people watching.
3: Uh, 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 that's Abe hey, Roberts would have gone in standing up with a. Uh, there you go. three inches. <laughs> that's a good point. Hey, uh, let me ask you this: Would Earl Weaver and Billy Martin embrace these changes? Um, would would they? You, you I think Earl Weaver?
1: I think the pitch clock they would have liked is because – I mean, it takes a little bit of the chicanery out of the game, I suppose, So and they were both about that, but nobody liked the, the standing around and, and the time between pitches. Nobody liked that. It You know, balls in play. The shift thing, it's hard to speak for the dead on that one. I, I don't know. Again, th- those guys liked overthinking it. Like Joe Morgan liked the five-man infield, all different things you'd get. So if you're a strategist, you probably – I didn't like eliminating the shifts. I thought you should be able to get nine defenders, put them where you want. and It's up right. to the offense to figure it out. Right. I think they'd probably feel that way on that.
2: I mean, it's almost, a live free or die moment right there.
3: Uh, yeah. Wouldn't
1: it on. almost be like um, uh, telling the Kansas
3: City Chiefs they uh, they now have to fall they, 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 they can't do with a little ring around right. the house. Um, and, um, you know, you can't put guys in motion. You can't have four wide receivers on one side. That that to me that that's what it reeked of. I mean, I, I agree with you 100. percent Put the nine people out there and find a way to, to hit the right. ball where they ain't. You know,
1: we will kill it, You know. Yeah, it, 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 that was a that was a flat out concession to hitters that they they could not adjust and wouldn't adjust, and so they they, they made it easier for them. And to me, that's I didn't like the spirit of that at all.
2: Well, I that, I, I was just going to ask you have I guess there's no tangible way other than just eyeball test of measuring how effective that's going to be
1: yeah there's different factors to it bob and you're going to see some chicanery even with that they'll either the outfield's not restricted they'll be putting like two or three guys in right field or bringing a guy instead of having a left fielder use two outfields and put a guy in short right i think there'll be stuff like that there'll be guys switching right when the pitch is made like you know doing things like that cora brought out a good point when i was in florida the play from first to third, you'll see more of those. Like the the single to right field, you know, you don't have three guys standing in right field. So more of that, and, and people like that. That's good action, to play at third base on a single to right when the runner from first is, 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 is going. And uh, just, you know, action, plays, balls in play, action on the base pass. And Alice Kors said it'll be good for that. You're going to have more of those plays again. It's good.
0: I'm very excited, you know, because when you put a, Kiki Hernandez at short, eh, this I mean, to think that the Red Sox are going to start with Kiki at shortstop, Christian Arroyo at second base. And who is the catcher now? I don't even know. Well, it's McGuire and Wong.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Why can't we get catchers like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: You know what's going to be interesting is Eric Hosmer's part of the deal in with the Cubs, part uh, yeah, of all it. these new players. That's when I, I meant to ask Heim Bloom that. Um, he better hope that Casas plays really well and hits out of the gate because if, if Hosmer by any chance gets in the mix in Chicago and he's hitting like he used to hit, I know he was hurt when he was here. They never used him. But the Padres are paying all of his salary. You had like this free player free. who was a good hitter. He's not that old. The Cubs have taken him on. I think he'll be in the everyday lineup and, and you've got Tristan Casas, who is the future. I understand that, but you had a free play. You didn't even have to pay who was pretty accomplished and uh, is evidently healthy. And we'll see. I mean, that, that could be yeah, nothing. He's,
2: right? not only, he's not the only one. The Phillies got the pitcher that was released from uh, active service.
1: Oh my God. The kid, the Navy kid. Yeah. A story. Uh, no, he's uh, talk about losing somebody for free song. Yeah. He, he could be a uh, hind blooms, Jeff Bagwell. We don't know. So there's two guys that are out there that, you know, for free. We're we're ready. We'll be watching their progress all year.
0: (laughs) I'm interested to find out if Tristan Cassis gets like an endorsement
1: deal with like the Sephora makeup store. It's it's remarkable. For those beautiful nails. I mean, Mike Schmidt came up in the fall of, I don't know, what year, 69 or 70. And he had the 190, you know, cup of coffee, 20 games and end of the season. Rice had that. Lynn had that but none of them came back to spring training with their nails painted the next spring. I mean, it was like really amazing thing. So uh, he's got a lot of confidence and, and um, it'll be interesting how, how he goes and the the geeks love him because he never swings the bat. He takes a lot of pitches. He's a lot of pitches. So they love him. Yeah. Let me, uh, this
2: is about the most we're going to talk baseball in about six months. So let's just, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) I I read, like, the first day of spring training, there were four reporters and one
1: TV station down there. Did you notice a a thinning of the core when you were down there? Absolutely, Mike. And, I mean, even to the point with the crowd yesterday, the last analogous day for a crowd was before the pandemic. It would be the the spring of 20. And they opened on a weekend against Tampa at home. And yesterday they had 1,500 less less fans. So instead of 9,500, they were at 8,000. And they're probably going to be okay with the attendance. But it was, you guys wouldn't have believed because you guys were all veterans of being down there. That first week was always hilarious. You know, the guys got visa problems and the owners are here and the clown show or Roger Clemens is holding out. And, you know, I always thought the first week was the most fun week to get down there. Million stories out of the gate. Everybody's there. And uh, the fans were part of it. And, and anybody who was there in 05 after they won, they were like the friggin' Beatles that year. I mean, it was like, it was jammed. And, you know, the snowbirds come down, the school vacation families, kids. And it was really rocking. I couldn't believe it. And to the point where Nesson used to televise the workouts. They would televise pitchers fielding practice, PFP, covering first base. I mean, it was like – and because I was on some of those panels and you'd be sitting on a stage talking to Tom Karen or whatever and they're doing workouts behind you. That was the extent of of the action and we'd be talking. I I used to notice a lot of – a lot of balls came rocketing toward me during that time. You know, you were kind of—I wondered about that, but—but but it was nevertheless live programming of spring training drills. That's how popular they were. I'm this sure John year, Henry
0: would have jumped up to deflect
1: any yeah, 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 in yeah. direction. So this year, I mean, y- y'all remember you used to park? It, you know, they, they were a little fussy. The guys with the flags and the cones and waving you around—the the nice volunteers who help you park. You know, they live for. They have meetings all winter about. Parking the cars, great old guy. So, this year you could park anywhere. I mean, they, they tell you, you can go park on the mound if you want to, you know, it didn't matter. And uh, I don't know that that's changed because they had school vacation week and uh, they're, they're going to have people going to the games. People, the locals like to go and the old people go and they got that. But I'm telling you, that had to, and then the media, which Mike, you started with the question, yes, uh, I don't think. Yeah, four and seven did come down, but they weren't there out of the gate. Five was there out of the gate and they went back. Uh okay, nobody...
2: all, all roachy all the time.
1: All roach and no twenty-five. Um and just, you know, no no presence of the radio stations, you know, coming down like they used to set up down there. And uh and no fans. I mean it was just uh it was remarkably sparse.
3: Is that a sign of the of the uh, lack of interest?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, part of it's, you know, the expensive media coverage, like the, the Boston Herald, which is, you know, just, it, it breaks my heart to see it now. They're not even there every day. Uh, they, they had someone there for like 10 days, but they're not there now. And the uh, Boston Herald's not in spring training at the Red Sox. And uh, you know, no, fair, Qu- but, no, no Quincy fair, Ledger or whatever. The Globe had six people down there, which, you know, we we take some pride in. Which made it amazing when the owner of the Globe, you know, gave interviews to other outlets when we were spending to have six people down there. That was a party starter.
2: <laughs> I saw that. When's the last yeah, time you I'm actually had a conversation? With him? I'm sorry, Danny. I just want to mention the Herald. That's not a good thing.
1: I know. I, I I miss it. You know, there's just no original content in there anymore, and I still buy it every day. But uh, it's 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 unfortunate. It breaks my heart.
2: Well, I know, but you know, we always talk about it to newspaper town and it really is important for the yeah. life of the industry for if nothing else
1: that's over we're lucky to have one now you know we're doing the best we can hold it up
0: when's the last time you had a conversation with john henry
1: yeah uh, 2009 2009 yeah whoa it was 15 years ago huh yeah we used to hang out too it's like we were dating we were like you know like, watch games in the box and went to his house for dinner and boat rides and so you've yeah. been
0: on the Iroquois.
1: I I I actually turned down invitations. I never made it down there, but I, I was invited. So uh, I'm trying to. Th- I, I I get my my years are all jumbled together now. Was that around the time you wrote the book with Francona? So I uh, yeah, I know what you mean about the years, Mike. <laughs> so <laughs> the tipping point was when uh, when the David Ortiz cheating stuff came out. With David and Manny in 09, The New York Times released those names for the baseline taste testing right. in oh three and it was an easy you know we were in new york and you know they were bringing out david to the press conference and he made no attempt to say this didn't happen at the time but it was you know he had the support of the play association and my you know we were in new york and my lead was easy let's go back to oh four our cheaters are better than their cheaters you know and it was like you know nanny and david and they had pettit and sheffield and a rod and whatever and uh socks beat them so anyway John frowned on that that narrative, and uh, and and we was never right after that.
2: You mentioned Ortiz last week. We had Chad Finn on because of his epic uh, editing and compilation of Globe the Globe and the Red Sox, which is going to be a fascinating. Take. I haven't
1: seen that thing yet. I'm anxious. It looks it looks. Yeah, we it. all are actually. When yeah, he, he
2: had it on, and uh, but one of the items that he talked about was. And we asked him the most popular, most important, I think that's the way we phrased it, the most important member of of the Red Sox in their history. You know, as we who, who was the the guy? And and he's he mentioned you did not you've had a number of conversations with him about this. That he said Ortiz. But didn't he say that, guys? Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah. and he said this, this was not you know, something you frowned upon. And I would have, I, I would have agreed with you on this. That I thought I was shocked when he said Ortiz actually.
1: Yeah. And it's, again, he, Ch- Chad's by our standards, a young guy, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, and I didn't live the Williams experience as, as I was aware of it. Cause growing up in a household here, Mike knows this, you know, it was like, you know, John F. Kennedy, Cardinal Cushing, Ted Williams. Those are the, the people that were talked about all the time in the fifties and sixties. And um, I understand what Chad's getting at there. And David Ortiz was part of three world championships and, you know, breaking the 86 years and the clutch hitting. And um, but, you know, it's so the word important versus major news figure, whatever. I can tell you uh, ask Montville or Ben Bradley, people who wrote those books on Ted. I mean, as a newsmaker in the 20th century, J- Ted Williams was was second only to John F. Kennedy in, in in New England in that century. There's no question, the amount of books that were done, and of course, there's, there's the two wars and the Jimmy Fund and and all the all the other stuff. But you know, you had seven newspapers and the town, and and he's the greatest hitter of all time, and he didn't win, and you can't change that. I understand that Ortiz won, he didn't, but and even as a as a performer, it's just not close. People just need to look it up. I mean. David Ortiz, I don't know. Was he ever top ten MVP? I mean, you know, he was great clutch hitter, and he had the moment, and and. No, was, I remember
2: him complaining about his missing RBI.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, that stuff. And and uh, and you know, he was released by the Twins at the age of twenty six. You know, find another Hall of Famer that was released at the age of twenty six. You know, there's a lot of curiousness about it that I've I've always you know kind of accentuated. But anyway, he, he won. He's a god. He's big poppy. He was great to fans. He was a great clutch hitter, and and he has three rings. And and for folks that are are younger, that that's it. I understand that, but but they're wrong. Thanks, Ed, to Ed Davis, you
2: actually been done in, in the Dominican Republic?
1: Oh. Uh, what about the DR, Bob?
2: I was just saying it was thanks to Ed Davis. Well, just that's the case. Done, huh? Yeah, but I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it out there. Anyway, it was interesting that Chad brought that up. Yeah, right? no, I and and why he did, as you did. But it wasn't only restricting it to players. We Ted, Tom Yaki could have been the most important figure in the oh, history sure. for the Red Sox. Or even Babe Ruth or any of these guys. Sure. Even, you know. so, hey, hey, and Charles were you the
0: said, one that came up with the, uh, the phraseology that literally David Ortiz was the player to be named later? Because when he was with the Twins, he
1: was – David Arias. Oh, no, that was not me. I know when he, when he changed his name, Tom Kelly was his manager. They didn't get along. Kelly asked if he'd gotten married over the winter. He said, what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly was a wise-ass.
2: That's amazing.
1: That's- yeah, is this still, despite all
3: the success of the Patriots in this century, is this still a baseball town or is it a football
1: town? A uh, football town now. I mean, I, I know what you're getting at, and and I know how how you and I feel and what we grew up with and it's nice that there's still a conversation about them uh, you know, year round, they never go out of season. And, and that's true But the Patriots. are now they don't go out of season either. And because of the preponderance of talk radio, uh, which we all know, and, and ESPN and the, the local, you know, NBC sports Boston and, and, and Nesson, I mean, football, you turn on the sports hub, they're talking, it doesn't matter what month it is it's a four hour football show about oh, Matt Patricia or or O'Brien or what the draft, whatever. I mean, this is what, and, and the younger population, you know, we're older, but the bar, I think 15 under it's all Patriots. Now it, it, it's not the baseball. You know, I still, I have an older population of, of readers and they still love baseball and they react to the baseball quizzes and all that sort of thing. But I'm very aware that we are, you know, our days are over our, our time is passed and, and this football is what drives it now it's the perfect sport and and you've had that that team with a 20-year dynasty and it plays to all the all the betting all the fantasy the violence i mean everything that you know television the, impervious to commercials the whole thing it, it's just it, it's it's the perfect product and uh and you happen to have the this great team for 20 years during that time and now they're just living off that. So I don't know how you guys feel, but Mike, I, in my view, you know, we all were live the media and that's, that's got to be the accent now it's got to be all them. Cause you're, you're spinning your wheels. If you try and talk baseball or, or push it on, on today's uh, today's viewers, readers, whatever.
3: Yeah. Gone are the days when, uh, you know, the hot stove lunch with the beef stew. We've oh, yeah, uh, You know, let's uh, uh, the bars open. Let's have lunch. We just lost fist to the, uh, you know, yeah. the trader.
1: No, that, that's that's like daily mass on the racetrack. It's old days. Yeah. It is very odd to have uh, the team with the best record in the NBA, and the
0: team with the best record in the NHL, and nobody's talking about them. Well, I mean,
1: they will be, and and that's you know. I mean, so, I,
2: Bruins so... look like a lot to me. I mean, I don't see. <clears throat> I mean, they look really. And I, Mike doesn't. want It's a little early for Mike to talk about the Bruins just I'm getting, yet. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, March, but.
1: <laughs> they look pretty solid to me. I mean, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Well, you guys know, but, and again, in that sport, the playoffs is is a, a reboot unlike any other. Yes. I mean, the season ends and they hit the rebut, and it's like it's all starts over, and the eight seed beats the one seed regularly in that sport. It's it's the one of all the other three. It doesn't carry over, so it just scares the hell out of me. I want the playoffs to start tonight for those Bruins because they're just playing and so great. And again, you guys are old enough to remember the '71 Bruins team, which I'm going to write about this week. They you're won the right. cup in '70 70 and '72, but the best team was '71. They had 10, 20 goal scores. They were like they were the rock stars, and and Dryden came out of nowhere and beat them in the first round. So that sport, and it's happened with Presidents Trophy winners regularly. With the Canadiens team, with the '76, '77, it just means nothing. So Bob, you, I, they are the favorite. They should win. But it wouldn't. Nothing would surprise me in that sport. It's not so
2: that, like it. that puts a um, bit of truth to the whole story. Yeah. You just, you just don't know. They just sure look good right now. I'll oh my God!
1: That. I mean, the goalies are scoring now.
3: but my fear, and you, you you took the two words that I wrote down with my left hand out right here. President's Trophy. You know, if we have to hang another President's Trophy banner in the garden. Yeah. And like you know, have nothing to show for it. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna just.
1: I know. It really puts it on him and you know those Bergeron Krejci. How many more are left for those guys? I mean, come on, this has been, and even Marchand's getting really old. So this is a, it's a really interesting team, and and good for them, because we I mean, were all, they, you know, we were ready to hammer that when they changed coaches, because we all they, loved Cassidy, and thought that was a dumbass move, and they they were right.
2: They were right. They really were. I agree with you. Um,
0: You know what's exciting, too, about the, the trade that they just made? Garnet Hathaway is my dad's neighbor up in Kennebunkport, Maine. Uh, I like that, Hank. Lived on the same street as Josh Osich. Short-time uh, lefty for the Sox for a while. But uh, went to Phillips Andover, went to Brown, right? And as a grinder. That's the funny thing about the NHL. The guys from the Ivy Leagues that make it to the NHL, they're brilliant. But they're also, like, the physical grinders, which – you know, you would expect them to be, the, you know, the button-up choir boys, but no. Well,
1: Hank, you've so, just told me more yeah. about this guy than I know, because my, my hockey knowledge fits into a thimble, and you have just uh, <laughs> just covered that very thoroughly for me. Thank you. Yeah, you can use the word grinder, Dan. Yeah, nobody's going yeah, yeah. to yeah, say yeah. anything about it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of a grinder,
1: how
0: about our best foods and our best meatballs?
2: Yeah, that's good. I'll, I'll do that. I'll throw one of those in right here.
0: You know, do you expect that Red Sox pitching staff to throw up a bunch of meatballs? If they're going to throw them, they might as well be our best foods and our best meatballs. Dan, where do you go grocery shopping?
1: I don't do a lot of that. uh, I know you're not on (laughs) Amazon.com. No, no. I mean, no. But I'll sign on to whatever the the, the product is. I love meatballs. So bring them on. Listen, all you need to do is
0: walk into your friendly local grocer. you walk in the frozen food section. You look left. You look right. You look for whom? Pablo Bell, the smiling chef. Show him, Lynchy. Smiling chef right here. Right there. Cool. He's always happy to see you. Always happy to see you. Reach in. You give him a big hug. You put six or seven bags in your carriage. You take him home. I mean, Dan, how many How many grandchildren now? Six? Five. Five.
1: Hey, Lynchie, you at five? Six. Damn it.
0: <laughs> Got me.
1: I'm you know, holding
0: steady at two. And the they love to meet
3: smiling chef right here. We, we call him Pablo Bell. And I like I don't that. Know, if I heard the story in Winter Haven, uh, I'll let Bob pick it up, but I'll, I'll tee him up. <clears throat> he went down with the Channel 4 crew of, uh, I don't know, 15 or, or whatever. But, uh, Probably two of
2: them. One cameraman and one me in a car that drives to Orlando because it was in <laughs> Winter Haven, Dan. That's the, this is the key, Winter Haven, okay? So Lobel
3: gets down there. But there's a room for his photographer, a room for producer, a room for the truck operator. He's got no room. So he's, no, we don't have any room for Bob Bell. So pick it up, Bob, from there.
2: Well, I says, I have no room. There's nobody here listed for Bob Lobel. I said, and then he looked down, he says, what about Pablo Bell?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't make that up. Yeah,
3: that's good. That's good man. And, uh, Waiting all day for the Holiday in a Winter Haven.
2: That's exactly right. Buddy LaRue got me in. <laughs>
0: Well, what was the story about? And I think this is a, you Dan, you, I mean, I think this is one of yours about the player. When they ship all the stuff up from spring training to Boston on the train about the TV, you didn't think
1: that was, uh, that was Manny. That was a Manny story actually. So it was the, the, the car train, um, you know, Jack McCormick, great traveling secretary. They they had a, a meeting. Um, I'm trying to think of, it was, uh, The meeting was to tell them, Oh, I know. Okay. So they're in Florida and all the stuff's down to the baby cribs and everything. And the truck's going to take all the cribs back North and, and the the team was opening on the road. So we're leaving Fort Myers and we're going to road trip and we'll be back in Boston 11 days from now. So if you want, we'll put your car on the car train and that will also be at Fenway. When we get back from the road trip, we're all leaving here Wednesday. We go to Toronto, Baltimore, whatever. 11 days now, we get to Fenway, all your stuff will be there, the cribs and all that stuff, bring them for the truck and put your car here before we leave that day and your car will magically be outside Fenway when we get there. The instructions for Jack says, Well, one one thing, please don't leave, don't load up the car with more than 200 pounds worth of stuff because that goes in the truck for the cribs and all that, but just the car, we don't want more than 200 pounds in the car. And Manny raises his hand and says, but I weigh 215. (laughs) No, Manny, you won't be in the car. You'll be with us going to Toronto and and Baltimore. like this." Yeah. That was a great Manny story. Yeah. So one of the the great parts about, uh, and and
3: it's uh, one of the words in the title um, of uh, the book that um, Chad edited was uh, uh, championships, frustration, challenge, characters, you know, we don't, we don't, there, there are no, there's no personality to this team. There are no characters. There's nobody that, 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 that you would go to for a good story, a good quote, a good soundbite. And then
1: is that, is that, are, are all sports becoming less now? Are they all becoming just so sanitized? Yeah, literally, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, part of it is the access that we do not have anymore. So you're not able to, to tell the the readers, the viewers what they're like, because you're not around them the way we were. I mean, you know when you were covering travel like those Celtics we we knew what they were like we knew the inside jokes the nicknames all that stuff you're just around them um, and travel had a lot to do with that and access to the to the room had a lot to do with that the access just went away the travel went away and 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 the their their comfort level of being around us went away and we got a lot older than them too so but even with the young writers they don't they don't know the young writers names they don't they don't know them they don't care to know them they connect with the fans themselves with social media, so they don't need a good write-up anymore. There's none of that. Um, so you just don't have that. And I think that, you know, we just don't know them on the basis that we once did to bring out that character. I think there's still guys that are characters, but we don't get to it. And the young people don't get to it either. Um, but this Sox team, and, you know, you bring it's, it's a very bland roster. You're right about that. But like, clearly, I mean, Tristan Casas has character. He's painting his frigging you know, nails, and he's sunbathing the outfield and he's a, he's a, might be arrogant or whatever, but it's, it's, it's character. And uh, so that's going to come out, you know, Kiki Hernandez thinks he has character, but he's just sort of a blowhard who's self-appointed leader at this point, but he's certainly willing to talk to people about it and push back at people that don't like it and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I see some potential there, but uh, most of it's just us not being around him and their carefulness with they don't need us anymore so they'll just connect directly with their fans and and that's how it's carried out now.
2: Well some of their you know one of their catchers is an interesting character.
1: There were there were issues with Reese McGuire. Look yes, it up. There, go me. on Google. I'm not talking about him.
2: Well, I me, mean, I mean I can understand that. That's it just it's just amazing. But you go back you might just write things down like guys like Bob Stanley or box or Mo Vaughn or yeah. these guys Greenwell. They were, they all had personalities connected. With the name,
1: oh my God! I mean, Wade Boggs was just—it was like every day. Every the day, man, you know, willed himself invisible. I mean, there were so many things, you know. And we, you know, we Margo. were like, Margo. 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 Oh, yeah.
2: Margo, the whole Margo thing was like—I
1: mean, Barbara Walters, Steinem, and Keckage. Barbara Walters came to Winterhaven to interview Wade Boggs, and rather than feel ashamed or disgraced, he's like, Barbara Walters, I could, I could win five batting titles. Barbara Walters would never talk to me. We're like, but wait, this isn't a good thing. No, oh, it didn't matter. Wait, it was great. It
2: didn't matter. No, it didn't.
1: Hey, it looks like Chris Sale has willed himself invisible. Yeah, I, I got in trouble for writing that too. I was body shaming him. Imagine body shaming a professional athlete because yeah, he's made too thin. <laughs> I thought that was the job. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought it was dramatically. You know, it's the the it's hard to set the bar in that because he's always been a, a thin guy and he pitched at the highest levels of major league baseball with that frame. And it's a family hereditary thing we all wish we had, but Hey, this is, I just thought it was worse. It, it was more dramatic. It was a little bit, it didn't look healthy. And, and when you break a bone, throwing a pitch, that's, that's to me, that's the tipping point where it's, you start to wonder what, what, what they're doing, what this is about. Um, so anyway, we'll see, see if he holds up and maybe he'll be dazzling again. I don't know. Who um, Who's the most
3: interesting character you have had to write about that constantly had stuff for you? Of all the four well, sports.
1: Well, I mean, we just said Boggs. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we hey, you guys all know in this town we've had the greatest in every sport. I mean, we've just been so blessed. And characters, you know, I mean Bill Lee, who was a bigger character than Bill Lee? Wade Boggs, Bill, you know, who was more decorated than Tom Brady? And who's more fun than Larry Bird and Cedric Maxwell and those guys? So I mean, I just it just never ends. Uh yeah, I, um, it, it's been it's it's just been amazing. We're all blessed to have been in this town to do what well, we do.
2: I mentioned the hockey players. I mean, they were like the more bizarre people of all times. You know, like yeah, this, you know, getting wheeled out of the hospital. Cashman calling making this, making his one call. Chinese food. i Yeah, great you
1: stories. Great know. story. Yeah, Ma- Who's more fun than Mike Milbury? Hit the guy over the, the head with his shoe. You know. Mike Milbury, right?
0: You <laughs> almost yeah. hit Lynchy with a shoe
1: in the hot tub. Yeah. Who took the tie around to the bus? Was that O'Reilly? You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a, there's a million of those things. Sure, right. I mean, we can't. Who's more? Harry. Know. Harry Sinden. Harry, what Nobody about. Better. Or Don Cherry. Harry, what about Patrick Roy? Roy sucks. You know. Oh, thank you, Harry. Way <laughs> to go. So, yeah. And, and yeah, don't I mean, forget Don Cherry, Danny. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sure. You know. Yeah, it's just, we, we're so lucky. Did you ever say to Don on a road
0: trip early on, like, hey, Don, do you have a tie I can borrow? Probably never happened.
2: Help me the water
0: this is probably the good point that we should ask dan this question that we started to ask the guests when we have when we have them and um one of our sponsors is the great cold springs rv it's up in ware new hampshire w-e-a-r-e Ware, new hampshire cold springs com, and um we're going to take the Loby cruiser we call it great big motorhome and we're going to hit all the halls of fame and you know some hot spots that you want to go you there might be a sentimental favorite maybe we, Drive down to spring training in it, and we often talk about, "Hey, who'd you love to drive cross country with?" If you you know, if you had your choice, would it be Parcells or Belichick or both? Who's somebody you'd like to take a cross country trip with? Say, pick two people in your lifetime that you would be uh, good travel mates and uh, interesting company.
1: Yeah, that's, cross country is a long way. We have to make it that long. I mean, boy, all right, you
0: really- uh, Canton, Ohio. Oh. We'll stop at the Mississippi.
1: Yeah. You can can have um, that person
3: step out and another person gets in. um,
1: We'll
2: stop in Cleveland so we can see the honest Honestly, God,
1: I I really, I do want to take a trip with Belichick and just find out what this was all about. You know, everything. I just, so much I want to know. And I think he has, you know, he really is cares about history and uh, has a great value for history and institutional memory and uh just so many things happened. I mean, uh so many things happened that we don't know about just to try to learn. And if you can get him in a comfort zone, but if he's gonna start stonewalling you by the you know the stockbridge exit, then you know it's not gonna by be the a stockyard. You
0: but you mean by the it's stock gonna be,
1: it's gonna be a long three thousand miles, you know. <laughs> so I mean, if you had the sodium pentathal, I'd say Bill Belichick, because I just want to know. Uh, uh and that to me. And, you yeah, know, Parcells would be great company for that. I always loved, you know, like Harry, like Harry Sinden. I learned so much, the little bit of hockey I know, I just would learn sitting next to Harry watching games.
2: Unbelievable. And,
1: you know, I mean, uh, so, yeah, and, and, you know, clearly, like Bobby Orr's kind of quiet, you know, I don't know, I think he might run dry earlier. He just doesn't, he's a little bit like Yaz that way, he, you know, doesn't remember as much as, as we do sometimes about things. Whereas like Parcells remembers everything and, uh, you know, you could really in, engage there. Um, man, I, it's just, uh, I mean, we lost Bill Russell, but, you know, if you could be in a car with Bill Russell, just get him going. Imagine the stories you'd have there. So, yeah, it's, it, it goes back to the earlier part, just how blessed we are.
0: Maybe you could just take the Coos back to Worcester. That would even oh be God. a nice
1: ride. Well, the Coos, I could do 3,000 miles with Coos, and I know but I would still have questions and he would still have things to say he's just so brilliant and uh so thoughtful and introspective you don't you don't have a lot of introspective 94 year old people and he absolutely is well if
0: you can't get parcells to join you but you'd like to take your family and your uh your five grandchildren all you need to do is go up to cold springs rv and where new hampshire w-e-a-r-e where new hampshire it's cold springs com. you can get the 40 foot uh motorhome you can get the travel trailer that goes on the hitch or the fifth wheel i like the pop-up because i go to Camping at Herman Island and Small Point, Maine. You know, maybe if you like those, uh, the quads or the RVs, the side-by-side, you get the toy hauler. They've got the greatest selection, all the 2023s. They do have some leftover 2022s. Best price, best selection, great service. They're so, so nice. So whether you want to drive up, which would be a nice thing to do this weekend, get the snow out of the way early. You know, you're kind of in the middle of the winter doldrums. Take a ride up to Winter Hampshire. Or if you can't do that, just go to the website. It's dot com. Ever take one of those trips, Dan, in an RV?
1: Uh, never have, no. That sounds like fun, though.
0: Yeah. It can be wild. Parcells but... will bring all the dub bars. You wouldn't have to worry about that.
2: <laughs> Danny, let's talk a second about the NBA. Yeah. And since the Celtics are, you know, obviously a leading team uh, in the East, maybe not, you know, one of four, but they certainly have an inside track. Um, I don't know. For me, it's been pretty much unwatchable. I just can't. Uh,
1: come on. You can't do that. I know what you're saying. You know, the, the reliance on the three-point shot, a little bit bit much, and little theatrics and, you know, Players League and player empowerment and all that sort of thing. But
2: – I, I Where am I wrong?
1: Well, th- but – watch the games. I mean, the last three games I've seen were great basketball games. Celtics, Indiana last week, you know, went to the wire. They're on the road. Uh, the Celtics Sixers, I'm, I defy you. That was a, it was just tremendous runs on both sides. Yesterday I walked into the Laker game. The Lakers were behind by 27 points in Dallas and beat Kyrie Irving and Doncic. you know, I mean, that's, that's a record in the history of the league. No team's ever been behind by 27 and won the game. Um, I just walked into that and I'm not a LeBron hater. I, I think he's playing at 38. I think he's the greatest player. It's it's him, Chamberlain or Jordan and, and just skill level and, and excellence, the greatest players who ever lived. So to me, it's the products still, still darn good. And even regular season games are better than they used to be from what I'm seeing. Now I, if you want to go back to the eighties and the Celtics and the Pistons and the bulls and all the Lakers, I mean, I get that I lived it and I wrote a book about it and I'm, I'm down with that. You know, the hand checking and the, the banging down low and, you know, the pick and rolls, the giving goes, the actual fluidness of the game, which you only see if you watch the women play now, um, the, you know, the, the low post game's just gone. So I understand all that, Bob, and I don't like the reliance on the threes. I don't like a guy being three feet from the basket and kicking it back out for the three and the nerds and the, the margins and all that stuff. And some of the reviews are too long. It's a good product. I, I'm i just going to tell you, those guys are really good and uh, the playoffs no are going to be great. Skill level,
2: Danny. I'm not questioning you can't yeah, question I know. skill level
1: I mean, well, skill level and close right. games is a pretty good combination. I mean, so I don't I don't like the college game cuz I just I can't get into it. I know I know they're they're great and you know, you got the crowds and all that, but that I've lost interest in that. Pro game I do and, and you've got a team here that's that's going to go pretty deep and you're going to see them play, you know, the Heat, the Bucks, whatever, they playing the, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into the NBA. Sorry. You know
0: what is certainly different to read about? Load management.
1: Well, I hate that. Nobody likes that. Imagine if that's... It's so expensive now. You pay $350 for a ticket and that's the day that Tanner's not playing? Is it his son's birthday party or something like that? I, I hate that. Let
2: me, let me give you yeah. just one quick example of that. <clears throat> took my family to a Celtics game back when LeBron was with mm-hmm. the Cavaliers. And uh, I took them to the Garden and got the BZ box and everything else and you know whatever and LeBron there's a no show didn't play
1: well that's unusual
2: ever since this was way back when
1: yeah
2: and ever since <clears throat> it's left such a bad taste in my mouth ever since I just can't get I can't forget it I mean I just...
1: Well, I, I, yeah but you're you're being unfair I mean there were there were games that Russell didn't play Russell did you know occasional I'm not I'm not doing it well, today but, sure. but I'm, I'm
2: just saying this is one example of yep. a, yeah yeah. Of the impact that it had. And so, anyway, I can understand that people would be upset. Yeah, and it's, I want
3: to go back to what we, we just said about the Tatum going to his son's birthday party and yeah. missing a game. I mean, unthinkable. I mean, it's, I, I go back to CYO basketball, It'd be unthinkable yeah. to, to, to miss a game for that reason, let alone an NBA game against, a, against, a, against one of your fiercest rivals.
1: Mike, uh, you know, I. I every time I, if I mention that I get emails and there's so many people defend these players cause they, they love them more than their families. And they think they were getting loved back and, and Oh, how, how dare you pick on a man's family choice? Like it's the life he chose. We chose to be sports anchors and tell and newspaper writers and radio reporters. It's nights, it's weekends, it's holidays. And there's a lot of trade-offs. You get to do a lot of other things. And if you're Jason Tatum, it's, it's 80, 81, 82 games. Do those games, you know, and the low, I don't buy any of it. And, and Popovich started this, and it's out of control, and it's a problem. And it's like Bob says, if it's the one game, and it's a load management game, you don't see Tatum or whoever. That's it's 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 wrong. So yeah. I,
2: game I, I, before how about the Milwaukee game before the All Star game, which yeah. was supposedly like the most important regular season game so yeah. far because of the the Bucks right. and the Celtics, and no Tatum and no Brown.
1: Right. Well, I Brown was legitimately hurt. Potato Brown was yeah,
2: legitimately hurt, but he, got, so, he somehow
1: made it to the All Star game two days later. I know. And they both well, did you know that that if they have to play game seven in Milwaukee because they finished one game behind him in the conference, then we'll bring that up again because that was it's 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 poor. I don't like it, and uh I never never will like it. So yeah, it's not a not a fan of that. And um I'm amazed that there's there's defense for People are so soft about this now. It's like, oh, it's his family. It's his son. His son, tell his son his birthday is next week. He's he, not going to know the difference. And, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it's just, it, it's the life you choose comes with it. And people, school teachers, hospital workers, everybody, people work. They don't get the day off of their child's birthday. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think this, this thing may come up again. And, and. Boy, I tell you, if they have to play a game seven in Milwaukee, I'm 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 standing right beside you with a lot of other angry people. I'm yeah. angry already. It hasn't even happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's true.
3: Um, what word. about uh, Patriots? Uh, their quarterback? Do they keep? Do they ride this guy, or do they do they make a move for Jameer? Well, I kind
1: of trust your instincts on this. I want to hear what you have to say. But I, you know, he he obviously regressed in the second year and. Didn't have the great support staff, and you know, didn't have a real offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, those kinds of things. Uh, the attitude didn't seem great. It seemed a little, a little pissy to me, and uh, you know, yelling at your coaches, and and I don't know. He, he, just wonder. I wish, and this is part of the thing where we're not in the room, we're not around. It's like, what are the teammates really thinking? We we hear he has the room, the players like him, stuff. I I don't know. So there's a lot of stabbing in the in the dark these days, and a lot of guessing, and you hear this on. ESPN and talk radio and people just guessing, well, here's what's happening. No one really knows what's happening. So I don't know. And I, I it's hard to get a guy at that position, as, as you know. Um, and where is he? He's certainly at best in the middle, somewhere between 15 and 24, I guess, at this point. Do you build around him and then the money comes due in a year or two? I mean, those are, those are hard questions. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you're the football guy. What's your opinion, Mike Lynch? I, I think that he was
3: uh... – <coughs> Having Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, I think, really added to his regression mm-hmm. in the second year. Um, there were more passes thrown laterally. He could throw a 40-yard pass, but it would be only a gain yeah. of four yards. Yeah, And um, and, I, and I could see his frustration. When they let him go, like, like the Minnesota game um, Thanksgiving night, they opened up and he threw the ball vertically down the field all the time. And he wasn't bad. Now, he has a lot of blood Bledsoe in him, which I don't like. Um, he throws off his wrong foot. He, he forces the ball and then turns the ball over in the red zone and makes bad decisions. Um, that usually, I mean, Josh Allen was horrible his first year. He mm-hmm, was yeah. really get this guy from Wyoming. What a waste of a draft pick. And I'll look at him. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he performs this year with Bill O'Brien. If he doesn't perform under Bill O'Brien this year, I say it's time to look for
1: somebody. Yeah. Else. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm going to write all that now and sound smart in the paper. Thank you.
2: Danny, <laughs> I think the real story uh, in Foxborough is still one that's simmering, and that's the relationship between Kraft and Belichick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree with that, Bob. I, I think that, you know, we know it's, it's frosty there. And I know that if, you know, if God forbid, <clears throat> you know, Bob passed on, Jonathan would probably fire Bill tomorrow. You know, Tomorrow. I, think, I think the hatred is there. Well, it's hard
2: it's to, to say first. which would be out the door first. Either yeah. Belichick check yeah. couldn't leave. Yeah.
1: So, 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 so Bob is sort of serving as the buffer in this thing now. And Bob, you know, he, he's a pleaser, he wants everybody to like him. That's why he always takes both sides of every issue so that everybody will like him. And um, that's a delicate balance. And you know, Bill has no time for any of that, you know, any of the nonsense of meeting sponsors or sucking up, or he just any he, he's he's not. Um, reverence to his coach you know, I think in private moments that's that's what little I know and and saw and I just I think it's frosty and again it's a 20-year relationship 23-year yeah, relationship
2: You just read my mind there's a relation most relationships aren't built to last more than 20. yeah
1: I mean that's bound to happen and given the personalities of the two people it it's tough so all that winning made up for a lot of the of, of what they didn't have and uh so it's I think it's a it never goes away, and I'm sure Bill is just, bullshit, you know, really angry right now about how he's been kind of shown up in the in the public media with press releases. Though we're going to hire an offensive coordinator, we're gonna, no, I doing. mean, no way he likes that. It's embarrassing to him, and he's got he's got. Yeah, my you know Bob's going to be out with a stopwatch talking about the press corners again, you know, and <laughs> that that sort of thing. So you know, it's <laughs> it's combustible this whole thing there. And, and anybody who doesn't know that has not been around or not paying attention or, or live in a, a fantasy world. So, yeah, it's it's a very – it never goes away, and, and it could come to a head. I can't ever imagine them firing Bill Belichick. I just can't. But if we get to that point, that would be a big story.
3: That would be a huge story. You know, when um, all the years I did the Patriots show, I was you know in there on Wednesday mornings yeah. for six or seven hours. And I would observe an awful lot of things, and the consensus was among me and a couple other people, and people who work for the Patriots, is that Belichick is two, seven, and nine seasons away from being fired. Sure. And so now we we're perilously close to the seven and nine seasons. Yeah. Now they're seven and uh, what? Uh, seven and ten seasons, or uh, whatever, eight and nine seasons. But uh, we're there. I mean, we we are there, and. Um, he has finally where he did the hands-off approach for such a long time with Belichick. And we learned his lesson allegedly with, with Parcells. He's back. His hand is on, is on this, this franchise right now. Unlike, unlike it has been for the last 22 years.
1: Yeah. And what a story that'll be. So it's, it's, again, it keeps us, keeps us really riveted to that, to that narrative the whole way, see how it plays out. And, uh, I have kind of always sided with Bill in the whole quarterback, coach, owner thing, just because I think that's the most important position of of those three things and uh, that he's been the biggest difference maker. And that's a very unpopular opinion now because the quarterback clearly won, won that, that PR war in a big way and won a Super Bowl without Bill. But I, I uh, so, yeah, I'm anxious to see how this plays out. Maybe, um, Mr. Kraft
0: now that he his wife is substantially Will you just call him Bob, we
1: stop at the Mr. Kraft thing, RKK.
0: You mean you too? Um, How about just Bob? He's got the substantially younger wife, maybe that's going to keep him, uh, youthful and involved and in keeping Jonathan waiting in the wings a little bit longer. Do You think he showed a video of his lightweight football days down at Columbia when he was. <laughs> I don't think there's video of that. There's video of other things. (laughs) (laughs) And when's that punishment coming down from the league?
1: By the way, (laughs) good one, Scatback. Everything gets broom for this guy, but it's got to be—it's—it's got to be killing him. He's not—it's not in the Hall of Fame. That's you know—that's killing Jerry Jones in the Hall of Fame, and he's not. Imagine what that's like to live with. Oh boy! One of the best lines
2: I've ever—I've heard in a long time. (laughs) Snuck that in. That was good. What Scatback? No, the fact that there's video of other things. I <laughs> haven't seen the video of other things, but there's video of other things. It was that was a world class line, okay, world class. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you. This is a this might be a little more delicate. Uh, present day television sports, the stuff that Lynchy and I used to do. Your your opinion of of where sports has evolved in the newscast. In well, we saw what's
1: happened to your your port station with no no nightly sports segments. I'm just asking. That's that's a low point in, in in the landscape of the last hundred years. So yeah, I mean I I remember all those nights with the you know long segments and all kinds of back and forth and packages, and and you know, I mean Lynch, wow. we love you we love you, channel five guys. I love channel seven, they've been good to me, but I mean four was just a a juggernaut in my view because of the the sheer volume and, the, and the, the numbers that they put at it you know you know obviously seeing don shane pass over the weekends
2: yeah, really i should have mentioned that it was part weekend. of the
1: deepest roster you know bob newmeyer and you know scott wally alice cook steve burton rochi i mean just i mean what a cast it's just so many people and of course alan miller and i just yeah and you guys had it going. That was as, that was as good as it ever was. Just the sheer numbers that that, that you guys were able to put at it. Poor Lynchy by himself over there, you know, having to fight all that, you know. But um, yeah, I just uh, so it's it's just. I mean, again, this is why we just sit they here. Offered a job,
2: Danny. I've told him he knows I offered him a job.
1: Well, we the the takeaway for all of us is we got to do it when it was the most fun, and that right. never goes away. And uh, we had the. We did it at the best time, when it was the most fun. And I, I, I know that's true, and it's it's a great uh, it's a great comfort to have that that we know that we were there when it was the best.
3: Absolutely, we never we never had a night, and I'm sure it's the same thing at the paper, uh, where we said, "What are we going to put in our sports?" <laughs> right? I I can never I cannot remember one night where we said, "What do we, even during the All Star break?" Yeah, say. You know, when there was that one night when there were no teams playing, we never said what we were going to put in because oil can would, you know, throw a temper tantrum and because it would make the all star or something. Something was always there
0: every day. You know, what's funny is that, Dan, people will still say to me and not to blow smoke up your rear end. Hey, did you see what Shaughnessy wrote the other day? Right. But you'd be hard pressed to find somebody. Like they used to. Hey, did you see Lynchy last night? Or did you see what Bob Lobel was talking about? Yeah. You don't have that any
1: longer in local television. I mean, the local, You know, Bob, I got a call in with. Uh, I talked to Jackie Canali yesterday. Good. Uh, and because when Don Shane passed, that reminded me of, of the Bill Buckner interview, 19 days before it happened, and I, I wrote about it in the book. I've got the book right here. They found the page. I had Maggie McGrath went and found it. So. For Those in the audience who don't know what I'm talking about when Don Shane was here, I don't know, three or four years, mid eighties, whatever that was. Yeah. And, uh, the, the day before the ALCS Sox angels, 1986, which was an Epic series leading into the Red Sox Mets world series. Um, Don Shane during batting practice, interviewed Bill Buckner. It's a back and forth. And at the end, (laughs) I have it right here. This is amazing. I didn't plan this. Um,
2: I'm glad you got it. At the end,
1: this is, this is, um, 19 days before before the ground ball goes between Buckner's legs, 19 days in advance of that. Um, he's given this interview to Don Shane and Buckner wraps up by saying, you know, Shane asked him about the pressures of postseason play. And uh, Buckner says, the dreams are that you're going to have a great series and win. The nightmares are that you're going to let the winning run score on a ground ball through your legs. These things happen. You know, I think a lot of it is just fate. He said that 19 days before it happened, a oh, life-changing wow. event. And uh, I, you guys went and got that out of the video vault in Brighton or Alston or somewhere. Maggie McGrath dug it out. Yeah. And you uh, ran it on February 26, 1995. And uh, I'm trying to find it now so I can link it to the one of the columns that I'm working on, just because.
2: Now, I mean that's like it. Shane and Alan. This is the night and the, during the Angel series. Uh, Buckner walked off an interview. Where I, I walked off, right? Yes. It was a question that Shane and Alan Miller gave me to ask him. <laughs> was, so I always blame Shane and Miller for you know Shane wanted my job, so he told me to ask this question of Buckner. Buckner walked off in the middle of the. Anyway, that was. Buckner was well, quite a central piece of, the, of of that whole series.
1: Life changing for a lot of people.
2: Amazing! Amazing! I mean, in 19 days. I remember even going back and talking to you about that before you wrote it, and how we tried to find it and dig it up because that's it absolutely happened.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to dig it up again. So I hope she finds it.
2: Yeah. Well, she's Maggie's gone, but she's in Rhode Island I, now. Maggie, Jackie can find it. Jackie's
1: anything. on. She says she thinks she can get it. Are you guys curb your enthusiasm fans? Absolutely. I saw it. It was a great redemptive uh, show. It was great. Oh my God, the Bill Buckner show. Yeah, and I was happy that he he had come to peace with it by that time and turning it into a positive. And and you know what the trade-off was for Bill to to participate in that show is that his daughter is an actress and and Larry put her in the in the in the scene. She's a flight attendant in that same show. Wow. Go back and look at it. Great. Uh, I forget I forget her first name. But that was Bill's uh, stipulation to cooperate with the episode that his daughter would, would be cast.
2: How about him coming back to Fenway Park for the World yeah. Series? Celebration yep. the, the next opening day.
1: Yep, they they did that, and then they, they rolled they rolled him out one more time. And he always uh, he pushed back on any notion that it was redemption or forgiveness because he's like I didn't do anything wrong. You know that was a, he, he was and he was, of course he was right.
2: Now Evans told me at one point that he was in right field during that play and had the very unique view of that whole play being right field. That there was a pickoff play on at second base.
1: Yeah, Barrett. Barrett was shifted over. He had him, huh? He would have been yeah, out. Had him picked off, right? Yeah, he would have been out. Yeah, they missed the sign. I think Stanley missed the sign or something. He didn't Pick turn. the play day. was
2: on. So both Barrett and Buckner were shaded over towards second yeah. base. Yeah. And Buckner, who was hobbled even at the time because they didn't put Stapleton in, blah 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 blah. Every the whole chain goes right back to John McNamara. Yeah. That that so, night is
1: like that night is is the I mean, this is a you know horrible comparison. It's it's basically the Kennedy assassination of Boston Sports is that <laughs> night because it it never goes away. I mean, the Malcolm Butler thing is, is similar, like Warren Commissions, whatever. No one knows, and more things keep coming out about what was going on in the background of events like that. And that's one we've never. People still have stories that are fresh, new stories with the umpires, the clubhouse guys. Everybody's got stories. Amazing. I mean, really, it was just, you're right, it never ends.
2: But they both of these guys were shaded over towards second base, and Buckner had to go left before he had to come in on the ball and therefore was out of position to begin with. All right, whatever. You've heard I mean,
0: you think Billy Buck. I mean, the guy was a borderline Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Right? 2,700 hits. More hits than Ted Williams. You have 3,000 in? 2,700.
0: Okay. You know who is a Hall of Famer? George Gray. I think we could all agree. First ballot Hall of Famer. The great George Gray at Lexington Toyota. Doesn't matter what you need. You can. If, if you called jo- George and said, listen, I need some wool socks for this weekend, he'd get them done for you. But since he's a Toyota dealer, I suggest that you go, like Dan, like Mike, like Bob, like myself, go out and see George Gray. Because not only does he have that fine product, the Toyota, he's got the best selection you'll find right now. He's got the very best price you'll ever pay. And bar none, he's one of the top service dealers in the country. So do yourself a favor. With all those things, if the guy was a jerk, you'd still feel good about going there. But the guy is a gem, just a a first ballot Hall of Fame human being. So go out and see George Gray at Lexington Toyota. They're at 409 Mass Ave in Lexington. Go visit them. You'll want to because you'll make a friend for life. But if you can't, make sure you check out their website. It's LexingtonToyota.com.
1: Hank, I can add to that story. I actually did call him last week. I was trying to jump a car in my driveway during that that ice storm. And uh, I couldn't find the, re- the hood release in my my Toyota Camry, a 2020 Toyota Camry. So That's I, so I called George Gray said, where's the hood release for this thing? That's I got to jump the car. And George, George had one of his service guys call me so I could open the hood. So Unbelievable. Hank, you are not lying there. I can give, I can give a first-person first account to that. He's
0: the best. We'll see him Thursday night. Hopefully, you guys will be there, too, at the stockyard.
1: So, had I
2: found this just when we walked into this office here, so-called office, and I, I found this little sign here that I haven't seen in, like, 20 years. It says, <laughs> Pokey Poke would have had it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who was the shortstop after Pokey Reese. They moved in the second
1: or, or yeah, Pokey played mostly. Pokey was second base. He he uh I think the last grounder they beat the Yanks in New York in 04 was to him, the four three grounder. It was embry was pitching. Pokey had that grounder.
2: Good one. That's that's a, on your hat. Anyway, yeah, Johnny, thank you for doing it. Did a great job, Danny. Thanks. That was really
1: fun. Fun talking okay. to you guys anytime. Enjoy, right. enjoy the show. Take care, fellas. All All right. Right.
2: We'll, we'll, Jackie, you'll find you what you need. I hope so. Thanks, Good. guys. Thanks, thanks a lot. Good job, guys.
1: Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com.